Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Your center. Wow. Uh, as long as they're fans on this point, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans can be here, the Celtic fans can be here, Laker fans can be here. But take that L on the way out. Jokic. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Channel on the SB Nation Podcast Network. And it is... Ryan, when are you post the Nuggets numbers? Tomorrow? Yeah, probably tomorrow. All right, so it is Saturday is when you're listening to this game. <laughs> we don't want to steal Ryan's thunder or when you listen to this pod. So we are... Uh, Boy, we got a game tonight then, right? We got the uh, game one, Nuggets game and Spurs. Tonight? Oh my God, <laughs> What a guy. <laughs> Behind the magic of podcasting. That's how we know. Um, yeah, so uh, welcome in everybody. If you can't hear, we do have Mr. Ryan Blackburn out in South Carolina. Ryan, what's going on? Not much, man. I just had a, a great conversation with Jacob Goldstein that's going to post on Friday. He's a wonderful advanced analytics guy, Spurs fan. Uh, great conversation there. So if we're all for pr- promoting the Denver Stiffs podcast network, then watch all of or listen to all of this stuff in preparation for game one. Absolutely. So, yeah, if you guys are listening to this and you can already find the uh, Nuggets numbers up on our website or in your regular podcast channel or podcast. I don't know what do you call it? podcast players, podcast apps. We're getting too, too in the weeds here. Anyways, check it out. You guys can find it in the on the Denver Stiffs podcast channel. It should be on there. Good stuff, uh, as always, on Nuggets numbers. Also joining us down in Colorado Springs, complaining about us being late, as is tradition here on Pickaxe. As Pundits. is tradition. It is Mr. Gordon it, Gross. It really is tradition. Oh, my God. It, yeah, the, the very first time Ryan and I podcasted together, he was an hour and a half late. Overslept, if I remember. Um, yeah. Hangoverslept, I believe. <laughs> it was 4 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's Those that's standard. We're, uh, we're used to that around here. And uh, I really can't believe people put up with 100 episodes of this. But that's fine. I'm glad they're enjoying right. it. Everything is good. <laughs> episode 100, man. It's awesome. That's it. That is it. This is officially episode 100 of the Pickaxe Punish Show, at least... Since I took it over, I know Adam Mares did it for about. No one cares about those episodes. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. They were they were all trash. Inferior, (laughs) (laughs) except for the one that I was on. That one was amazing. That was when we. Oh yeah, that's when we hatched the idea. Adam was like, "Zach, you're just so much better at this." I, you know, I'm definitely gonna have to have you take this over. He passed it over like like Dempsey passed over, walked onto him. That's (laughs) that's just how it is. It was just a chain of events down a waterfall. So. Uh, I ended up with uh, the pickaxe buttons, but that is right. A hundred episodes. Gordon was on the very first one. Ryan was on the very second one. So thank you guys for being there uh, with me. Countless hours, even more spent waiting for us to show up. Uh, I'm still waiting for my payments, uh, by the way. (laughs) Still waiting for your payments. You're going to be waiting for a while. Uh, Just heads (laughs) up there. Um, No, it's funny though. So the very first episode, you guys want to know how long we've been doing this. The very first episode was, uh, Back at Jake's Food and Spirits, or was that what it was? Wow, called? Or sports it was Jake's. Yeah, it was a Jake's. I think it was both. Uh, but yeah, that was. Uh, I remember some of the moments that we had at Jake's. It's it's unfortunately not open anymore, but 
what a great bar. What a great atmosphere and kind of where the stiffs really started hanging out together, if I if I do recall. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because, of course, uh, Andy Feinstein, our, our founder, was the um, owner of Jake's. So he, uh, he bought me fries. So that's where I hung out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I, I got to give a shout out. And Andy probably doesn't listen to this. In fact, I'm fairly confident he does not. But I will give a shout out to Mr. Feinstein. So when we started uh, doing this, you know, he'd always kind of had a deal with Adam. Like, hey, if you, you know, if you give us a shout out or run a promo for Jake's, uh, I'll buy you guys lunch while you record the podcast. And so when I took it over, uh, I asked Andy, I said, hey, Andy, do you want to you want to keep going that with that? And he said, yeah, sure, man, go ahead. Um, you know, I was like, yeah, what do you want to say on the promo? And he was just like, ah, you know, whatever. And he was really nonchalant about it. And I didn't understand it at the time, but Andy had to know that like he was about to sell that place a month later. So a shout out to Andy for being like, this actually is not going to promote anything at all for me, but yeah, sure. I'll buy you guys lunch. Why not? What a guy. What a guy. Andy's Andy's quite a gentleman. I wouldn't call him mayor Feinstein soon, but you know, whatever. We'll, we'll let him get to that when he gets to that. One of these days, exactly. We'll have to see. I, I don't know about his policy. I've, I haven't probed him on it enough to know if I'll vote for him. <laughs> well, these are investing. He'll Probably be will. on the 200th episode. It'll be fine. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. The triumphant return. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, we shouldn't waste any more time. We do have a podcast that we were trying to avoid Gordon's uh, girlfriend getting angry at him for us being late. So buy me Chick-fil-A. Hurry up, man. Delay. I got to eat. Oh, man. He's got Chick-fil-A. He's like, this is going to be a real quick one. Um, <laughs> well, let's. so we are, we were going to, you know, normally, obviously, the pick exponents, and I realize we haven't been uh, on last week, but, um, you know, obviously, we, we look back for the week before, look forward. Um to the week that's upcoming with the season done, I think we'll look back more on a, on a high-level view of the entire season, uh, and then we'll get into previewing the Spurs uh, and the upcoming playoff matchup starting tonight. So let's not delay. Let's start looking back at first, uh, or let's get to the one, I guess, current uh, current topic that's still a buzz everyone is talking about from last week, uh, which is the Malone parlay, right? He, uh, uh, of course, Malone sat several starters against Portland and then uh, elected to go with his deep bench to finish that game, even though they were uh, leading and then letting the lead slip away. Uh, obviously, there there was some incentive or at least it would not hurt the Nuggets very much to lose that game because it could uh, result in what happened with Portland ending up winning their next two games, getting the three seed, Houston losing to Oklahoma City, falling to the four seed, Nuggets sealing it up against Minnesota to get that two seed. So it works out uh, in sort of a miracle fashion. All of those were easy games too. Totally easy, very nonchalant. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. Right, there was no challenge to it whatsoever. Um, Gordon, what do you think, man? Do you agree with the move? I mean, in hindsight, now it's easy to agree, right? Because he pulled it off. But I mean, I guess not even in a sense. Do you agree with it being the right call? Are you okay with it, like you know, not being in the spirit of the game or, or whatever you want to call it? That's the spirit of the game. Like I, I don't, I don't know what game you're playing, but if you if you get to pick your opponent in the playoffs, that's why you play all the first eighty games. To be in a position to be able to sit a guy down when you want to. Like, I mean, that's that's why you build up a lead. That's why you earned that lead. If you hadn't won those earlier games, you wouldn't have the right to do that. So, yeah, right. man, you, you yeah, want to you sure. set up your – it doesn't work any differently in baseball where you win out and you get to set up your playoff rotation and guys who go have to go to the wild card game don't get to do that. They got to play the whole way through. Same thing. Like the winner, winners get the spoils, man. And the Nuggets are the second seed. They earned the right to sit guys. They sat them, and it worked out for them. Like good for you. 
Right. I, I, yep. I'm 100% in agreement there. Uh, the Nuggets team has stayed in the first or second seed for pretty much the entire year. This wasn't a, a case where they were the the fourth seed and they wanted to tank down to the sixth seed in order to face or, or avoid the team that they were going to face there. They gave another team an opportunity to claim a spot and rested their players in the process. It wasn't like they like they uh, truly tanked a game because they did not want to face a certain opponent in the first round. They wanted to see if they could configure the bracket in the best way possible, and in the process, they rested their most important players. I would say their three most important players in this upcoming playoff series and playoff run. Well, that's the thing uh, to me too, Ryan, is is the fact that they needed that rest. Now, you can argue that maybe they should have rested them in the final game of the season, the back-to-back, whatever, whatever. You know, and that by throwing the first game, you didn't allow them to rest in the last game, to which I say that's still strategic. They strategically chose that rest. It was a sixth game in nine days. Like, you know, it's not like this was, oh, we'd had four days off and I'm sitting these guys down. Yeah, they they went for the win in two of the three games. They needed two wins in order to claim the two seed. They only got one out of three and they were happened to be helped by a loss from Houston. Uh, that that's just how that is, and I've been a very large proponent of the plan in order to shade those teams into that playoff bracket because nobody's going to remember that the Nuggets did that. They're going to be the Nuggets are going to be the two seed because they dominated and were the two seed for most of the year. If they get to the Western Conference Finals, it'll likely be because they didn't play Houston or Golden State in the second round. But who cares or about Utah. that? Houston right. Houston had a down year. That's just how it is. They weren't as good as they were in a previous season, and that is their own fault. The Nuggets did right. not do that to them. They did it to themselves. Absolutely agree. Yep. I say, I mean, unlike uh, both of, both unlike the Rockets and the Jazz, the Nuggets put in their work early and and got that position early, and then had like like you were kind of pointing out, Gordon, they had the the luxury here. I mean, if you remember, Houston was awful uh, to start the season. So was Utah. They were both. Uh, they were both yeah. really struggling. Now, I mean, the Nuggets had uh, obviously a, a much tougher schedule down the stretch, and and so they probably had an easier schedule to start there. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you play you play who you play, and so when people start looking at, well, well, you know, the Nuggets were were falling off. They're not like I don't I don't buy a lot of people are like, oh, Utah's the third best team in the conference. I don't buy that at all. I think what we're seeing is that the Nuggets had the toughest schedule going down the stretch, and and they played it like that, and they they basically came out right around five hundred. So I mean, it kind of goes to show you, yeah, they can. Uh, they can keep with pretty much any playoff teams that are out there, with the exception, of course, of, of Houston and Golden State, as we've um, as we've seen. And, and Utah's, I mean, they have played the Nuggets very well. I still wouldn't say they're a better team overall than the Nuggets. They're, I think they're they really, playing they match better. up. I don't really think they're well. a better team. They, I would say yeah. that they're playing better right now, and they're very good. They match up very well um, with Denver. Their they starters have, match you know, they're up very big. Well with Denver. That's different, right? Right, and they, they've got the big to uh, you know to go toe-to-toe with, with Jokic. Just have is, them beat Golden um, State and we'll beat them in the finals for the right to go to the to the NBA no finals. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, hey, prove it. Prove it yourselves, guys. Come on now. Exactly. But I get, I get, I get tired of the, you know, this, this narrative that's going around um, by some of our good good friends among the SB Nation network, you know, of how the Nuggets, like, oh, they totally, like, they you know, like, they, they cheated the game or something. It's like, I mean, come on, man. Like, this is, they, they, they had... Uh, 
do the rest thing like you bring up a good point Gordon they were in the, in the stretch of six games and nine nights uh, it made sense to do it there do I really think there's a ton of gains from resting them uh, that one night in terms of fatigue and whatnot not really uh, do I really think uh, that that coach Malone actually just wanted to go with the the end of his bench because they had got the lead there um, at the at the in the fourth quarter and then it was too late to to make a change when it started going south not really uh but if you're gonna rest players why wouldn't you rest them in this game it's the one you had the least amount to lose like exactly and and honestly like in that final game well did it pay off to have your bench all stretched out and ready to go and they'd played a bunch of minutes recently because you needed your bench to hang in there in that game for you when um until the final minutes the people keeping you in all these games with um with the Timberwolves was the bench. Yep. That's true. Uh it it's it's true. just it's an interesting way that the entire NBA world has attacked the Nuggets for this. Uh the general right. consensus around the league is that the Nuggets are frauds. I was that they about don't to say, have, yep, fraud. Have the the general playoff uh, atmosphere that a Golden State or a Houston does. And frankly, that's fine. Who cares? Those teams are elite, and I don't think that it's a stretch to say that those are the two best teams in the Western Conference, maybe right. the two best teams in the NBA, if if at all if at all possible, depending on how you think of Milwaukee. Uh, right. It's going to be interesting to see whether those two teams complain that they have to play each other in the semifinals. I actually think that for them, it's nicer that if they're if they're going to lose to one or the other, then it's nicer to do it in the semifinals and not have to play an extra series. Uh, that way, right. they, if you're playing against a team like the Nuggets in the conference finals, that should certainly be easier for you if you're actually that much better. So I'll, I'll just say this, kind of wrap it up. Um, like Golden State, obviously they're they're the one seed. So who who they end up playing is just the way the chips fall. They don't really have uh, any control over yeah. that whatsoever. Uh, in terms of of the Houston Rockets and the Utah Jazz and and what they can control on where they're seating, like I just this crazy idea. But maybe you should just win more games than <laughs> if you want to be a higher seed. You know, like at the end of the day, if you want you to calm be a down, two be seed, cash. come on. Then like, well, I'm just saying, like, it gets me angry. Like, like. You lo- you did not win as many games as the Nuggets. In period done story over. That is it. Like sorry if you if you wanted to be a higher seed and avoid Houston, then you should have won. More Maybe don't lose to the Lakers when they're trying to tank their right. whole season. Or how right, about this? Exactly. When you're when you're playing the Nuggets in the second to last game of the season, and Oklahoma City happens to win, if if the Jazz rest their players in the last two games of the year and make sure that they lose both of those games, knowing that Oklahoma City is going to try and win and avoid Golden State, then they avoid Houston regardless. Right. It's bizarre. Right. That would be that would be against the spirit of the game. Yes, uh, I I yeah. agree. I agree. <laughs> Uh, all right uh let's take a take a look i guess now since we're at the end of the season let's take a look at the season uh on a more more of a big picture kind of look i guess um ryan i'll ask you first man if you could if you could point to one thing what would you say was the biggest surprise of the year uh of the year you know i i think hmm, i think it's gonna be how the nuggets perform this season without Nikola Jokic on the floor uh in past seasons 
when Nikola Jokic went to the bench, Denver kind of crumbled. They they didn't know how to play, operate without him. Mason Plumlee wasn't the facsimile of Jokic that he was brought in to be. Uh, Denver's backup point guard situation kind of tanked. This year, the Nuggets got Monte Morris. They got the best version of Malik Beasley. Popped them in games, as was said in the Utah Jazz and the backcourt in combination with Mason Plumlee made it so much easier for at least give them a chance to right. stay in it. Or in, in all likelihood for most of this year, they actually given the youth that they had at that position and it really showed. Yeah, that's uh you know, that's a really good point. I think the bench, uh, there were so many questions uh, on the bench when, when the season started and there was a, it was a really like, it was a gamble uh, by, by the front office because they, they didn't address depth really at all uh, in the offseason. I mean, they they signed Isaiah Thomas, and we saw how that worked out. But other than that, I mean, they didn't they didn't really add anyone. So it was it was sort of like, hey, we're gonna put faith in guys like Malik Beasley. We're gonna put faith in a guy like Monty Morris, and maybe Monty they didn't have as much faith, which is why they brought in it. But you know, he made them believers real quick with his play, and and they I think that it worked out almost. Uh, as good as you could hope. The reason I say almost is because for me, uh, the biggest surprise is actually kind of on the negative, which is the the way Trey Lyles played. I mean, he had one of the best camps out of anybody uh, on the team. And there is a lot of talk about like, man, this guy, he's he's primed to have a huge year this year. You know, he, it's going to make it so that maybe they can, you know, move on from Paul Millsap or, or at least be able to negotiate a different deal with Paul Millsap because they've got Trey Lyles in the bank, you know, and, and all these things. And then he, he just... I mean, he really regressed because when you think about it, he had some he had some positive showings there at the end of last season, uh, and and was kind of looking like a guy who would become a regular rotation player. And then this year, he he just completely fell out of the rotation, and every opportunity that he got to get back in, you know, the, even times when it felt like the Nuggets were just playing him because they're like, we got to have somebody over six foot nine uh, out there he just never, never kind of materialized into helping the team. So I think, you know, for me, I, the bench, like you said, I mean, outstanding. It, it was a huge surprise, but that was the one uh, detractor I was surprised in the opposite way was uh, was Trey Lyles. Gordon, what about you, man? What was your, your biggest surprise? Um, Malone. There you go. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Malone... When they gave him an extension, um, and I talked about it in the off season, and I said I'd make him play it out because I hadn't seen enough from him. He'd gotten a young roster to where it could go, but I didn't know if he could get them to take the next step and to understand his own um, weaknesses. Understanding your players' weaknesses are one thing. Understanding your own weaknesses is something else. Right. Malone really brought his A game this year. Um, he bought into Nicole Jokic from the jump, finally, for the first time in three years. No hesitation. Right. He knew that Jokic was his guy. He he threw in and committed to him early. The Nuggets struggled early. The Nuggets struggled to get into their offense again early. Um, you know, you'll remember early in the season, they went to Milwaukee, and, and it didn't go well. Um, right. But they he found all the right buttons to push. All the injuries happened. Will Barton gets injured in the first week of the season. Right, game you know, two. and that's his starting. That's his starting small forward. He doesn't have a backup small forward. He's got Tory Craig, who's a swingman, you know. But right. that's that's not your offensive guy. 
Um, this is going to throw a wrench in your in your gears. Gary Harris getting injured for a long stretch of time. Um, that threw another wrench in the gears. And still, he keeps finding their performances from his bench guys. Um, he loses his two um, useful backup power forwards. They didn't. They didn't die or get injured or anything. Uh, but like you said, Lyles was bad, and unfortunately, Wancho was bad. But everybody's spirits kept up. It right. managed to not be a distraction, despite his overbearing personality, which could have been a problem for this team, which has a bunch of guys who don't talk a lot. Um, but it was only focused for good. Like these guys all bought in. They all took their role. When Isaiah Thomas didn't prove to be a benefit to this team, Malone had the cachet with him to shut him down and not to yeah. hurt the team doing so. Um, he he got on guys at the right times. He encouraged them at the right times. It, it, Malone was very, very good this year. I am all in for him as coach of the year. He should be a top three finisher. Um, oh, yeah. I, I was absolutely impressed with his work this year and his improvements over my concerns with him last year. Um, for me, that was that was one of the things that uh, the Nuggets really needed and that personally Jokic really needed was his coach to really buy in and for his coach to understand that they're growing together and for them to grow together. I don't think people really understand or appreciate that are outside of Denver that over the course of pretty much the entire month of December, uh, the Nuggets started... Jokic and Murray, but in between them, they started Torrey Craig, Wancho Hernan Gomez, and Mason Plumley. Yep. Uh, with Harris, Barton, and Millsap all out, uh, the Nuggets stayed afloat during that time. Those were three of the most dependable, three of the five most dependable guys that the Nuggets had from the previous year, and they managed to make it work. And a lot of that credit goes to Malone. A lot of that credit goes to the other bench guys that are stepping up behind them, making sure that they they do have some consistent play, even when the primary starters go to the bench. And thank God but, for Morris. I love yeah, that Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's reasonable to say that when Isaiah Thomas came back, he may have actually been the worst player in the NBA during that stretch. Right. Uh, right. And that's not a shot at him. It's just kind of... A, the, the physical limitations that he has from his hip injury, it just made it impossible for him to operate in the way that he's used to. And Malone recognized that quickly. He gave him his fair shot, but when it came down to it, he knew that the Nuggets needed to go a different direction, and he did, and they did. And there's a reason that the Nuggets are 54 wins. There's a reason that they're at number two in the West. There's a reason that they're not facing Houston or Utah or Oklahoma City or Golden State in the first round. It's Nikola Jokic and it's Michael Malone. Yep. Uh, oh, 100% agreed. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, right, what about this? I mean, would you say that Isaiah Thomas not playing is the, is the biggest disappointment of the year or just the, the lack of, of his ability to play? Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of that was mitigated by the way that Morris stepped up, uh, and that was from right. the get-go, just the way that he operated in the first 10 games of the season. Uh, it was clear that he was he was ready for the job, and, and I think Nuggets writers, Nuggets media kind of understood that immediately that Monte Morris could not be taken out of the rotation again at that point, right. so I think that that was, that was mitigated a little bit. I would say the biggest disappointment... Not Lyles. Uh, that was that was tough, though. I would say that it's uh, 
undetermined as of now, just because of we're we're not quite finished, and I don't know where Gary Harris and Will Barton are going to end up in this playoff yeah. series. And if Good those point. guys aren't capable of performing and stepping up against DeMar DeRozan and Derek White and the rest of the San Antonio Spurs roster and the Nuggets get bounced in the first round from an inferior opponent, I think it's primarily going to come from that. It's primarily going to come from the weaknesses that Denver has shooting the basketball and on the wings and they don't have an opportunity and, and guys that can make the most of the opportunities that Nikola Jokic can provide them. And so if if Gary Harris and Will Barton don't step up, I think that that would be the biggest disappointment. And I'm, I'm kind of leaning that way because I think it's going to happen. Yikes. Doom. Doom and gloom from uh, from Mr. Blackburn. Uh, Gordon, what about you, man? What will be your biggest disappointment of the year? Um, I'm, I'm really with Ryan on the injury situation, um, putting a cap on what Denver's been able to really show thus far. Um, because really, Barton and Gary Harris should be so, so much better than they are. Um, yeah. But you can see that it's just been a year, right. the, the struggle for the last several months of of just Those these lingering injuries, injuries man. man. The lower, the core injuries, the lower body injuries, the leg injuries, that stuff lingers. When that's all you do is run and jump all year, that's going to be a problem. Um, right. And it just it's such a shame to see two guys who work that hard, who put that much effort into it, and who care that much to be injured like this. For me, it still feels like an injury. Juancho Hernan Gomez is probably my biggest disappointment on the year. Yeah. Simply because I expected him to take that next step to get back from... And he had a moment there where he looked like he was going to. Oh, it did. And and I expected him to get back from um, his, his bout of mono which has sapped his strength and his energy and his whatever. You know, nobody works harder in the gym than Wancho. He's a he's a he he shoots for hours. He he cares about his craft and he just didn't have it this year. He just looked lost on the court. And I I don't understand it. I'm not sure that he understands it. Um and just missing his impact, missing that that long distance shooter, the guy who'll scrap for rebounds, the guy who'll dive on the floor, and you know they could have used him, especially now hitting the playoffs, wanting to have a stretch big that can go outside. You know, whenever I watch Millsap take threes, I always cringe. Um, yeah, and and really right. having a guy who could do that, especially off the bench, would have been a huge um, counterpoint to Malik Beasley. You know, what are you going to do right. if you have your big on one side, you got Beasley on the other side, you can't defend the middle of the court because there's there's no way to stop both stretches. So you've got to commit one or the other, and then either guy has a, has a shot at the rim. Like The yeah. Nuggets the Nuggets being forced to play Torrey Craig at power forward yes. is entirely due to Wancho disappointing and Lyles disappointing. And uh, Vanderbilt's I really thought one of those guys ready. would come up, man. Like, I really thought one yeah. of Millsat or a, one of uh, Lyles and, and Hernan Gomez was going to really take the step forward. And I expected it's, it's, it to be Wancho personally, but I, I did too. not having either of them come forward really hurt Denver this year. Um, just in their depth, in the in what they can do, they had to play more Mason Plumlee at the four. You know, they right, yeah. and and not not that he wasn't decent there, but it changes the way you play because he's not really a stretch big. I don't care about him taking the the um the distance three. 
<laughs> in the last game. Uh, the, that, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the funny thing is, see, Plumlee hitting those threes, like when he hit that one against Utah and whatnot earlier, it's almost like bad, because now it's like he's giving himself this little bit of confidence, and so every now and then you can see he's like, well, maybe I'll make this one. I'll, I'll grab the rebound, I'll push like, it up the floor oh. myself, and I'll hit the three. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> do not try that nonsense. So, in, in Denver's first game against the San Antonio Spurs... Back on December 26th, that was the game where they had to start that injured cast of players. And right. uh, one of the primary things, when you look at that box score, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez had 27 points and 13 rebounds. Right. And oh, he Wancho. played like yeah. 38 minutes or something absurd, just performing his ass off. That dude has completely disappeared. Uh, that version of Juancho Hernan Gomez, the confident assassin from behind the three-point line, the aggressive rebounder, uh, the smart decision maker who could take it off the dribble when he's free, but mostly just gives the ball up and lets the, the big boys that can handle the ball work. Uh, he's, he's just gone. And so if it, I can see that being the biggest disappointment for sure. Uh, and it's really too bad that the Nuggets don't have a guy that they could use as a stretch for in right now. Vlaco. Wait on Vlaco. Yeah, that's right, Vlaco. <laughs> uh, no, I'll throw, I'll throw one more thing out there for you guys for biggest disappointment. Um, we didn't get to see Michael Porter Jr. That is it disappointing. Was, uh, yeah, I agree. That's true. But I'm not disappointed in him because it, it I'm hoping sweet. that it means that he's going to be healthy next year. Like, if they right, – exactly. I, I expected to see him. I Even up until the last 15 games of the season, I expected to see him. And the fact I have my reservations. Him, the fact they didn't put him out there at all, uh, even with Wancho and Wiles being no shows, I mean it. That's fine. Um, they're saving him for a, a rookie of the year run. They're giving him another right. six months to heal up. Well, five. You know, I get it. Um, I still would have expected him to play, but I'm really, really hoping that the Nuggets will get to see the real version of Michael Porter Jr. Because Great. his shot is there. In the gym, he's got it. Can he get back his explosiveness? Can he get back his first step? Because without it, it's going to be really tough for him to just be a spot-up shooter. That's that's not what he's used to. That's not his right. expectations for himself. Um, and I'm hoping that the injury doesn't take even longer to recover from. Because, like you said, I, I it's disappointing not to see him this year. But, man... It just increases my excitement to see him in summer week. That's that is right. The uh, the Michael Porter Jr. Zion Williamson uh, summer league is it's gonna good. be pretty feisty uh, this year in Vegas. All right, tell you what, let's go ahead, let's hit the break, and then when we come back, we'll turn the page. We'll start looking at this Spurs series. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. 
Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical. Into the Pickaxe Pundit Show, episode 100, the big one double zero uh, here on the Pickaxe. I've got Gordon Gross and Ryan Blackburn with me. Who better? Uh, Hondo, baby. 100 with. That's right. That's right. It's all we are. We are literally keeping it 100 on, uh, Stop. on this show. <laughs> I was like, come on, guys. That was gold. That was no. absolutely like, no. oh, man. <laughs> put that on like a put that on a popsicle stick or something. Mara's out here like you know with the dad jokes, except you know it's me cash. So oh, I'm dad, you say so it's a hundred dollar cash. It's a hundred dollar. Oh, all right. We gotta, we've got to move on. Uh, we can't we can't stay on this. Um, so the San Antonio Spurs, <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> About those Spurs, about them. The, uh, the Nuggets are uh, obviously they open up the series tonight here in Denver. Uh, what is it? Is it eight thirty start tonight? I think it's yeah. One of those it's it's going to be ESPN eight thirty start eight thirty ten thirty my time. So glad it's a weekend, right? And this, but this is going to be the case for like every game, uh, at least while they're in Denver. Uh, they're always going to get slotted because let's see who else, unless they're playing on the same night as Golden State, like. Golden State is playing the same night, and Golden State because, got the early. Well, yeah, because game, they're going to be more. So, they're going to get a better draw uh, nationally. That yeah, they want they want all the people on the west on the east on the west coast rather uh, can come in early, and right, the east coast can stay, can stay up for it. And they don't care about the east coast watching the Nuggets at all. Oh yeah, they I mean, don't care about you at all, Ryan. <laughs> they they put they put the Nuggets on NBA TV for games two and three. So like they clearly just don't give a crap. It's fine. It's whatever. No, and except for the. Well, to be fair, it's also the Spurs who couldn't get right. viewers even yeah. in the finals. Exactly. So, it's not a marquee matchup um, by any means, at least in terms of TV viewers. Not a marquee matchup. Uh, so I, I get it. I get it. I mean, what the other one? They, they're probably. I bet you. You know, Portland, Oklahoma City's probably got a couple of NBA TV games um, as well. I imagine they're keeping mostly. Well, yeah, but at least they have stars. Like, I mean, well, Marcus Aldridge is like watching paint dry, <laughs> man. You can't. <laughs> You don't. You don't like a good low bad. post somebody, game. Somebody in an NBA office had some had an aneurysm trying to sell this game. Like, how do we promote this? <laughs> um. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Just go ahead and and uh, move them. Watch the art, the art of the fifteen foot turnaround jumper. Right. <laughs> Jokic versus uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, and who can pull off the better fifteen foot jumper? We like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. I get that. I guess it's. 
Um, it is what it is. So obviously, San Antonio ranked very low on the uh, NBA executive, NBA TV executives uh, list of opponents for the Denver Nuggets. What about you, Gordon? Where where did you rank the Spurs in terms of the teams you were looking at that the Nuggets could play? Where where were they at uh, in your desire to play them? I said I did not want to face them. That's fair. <laughs> the reason is because I do not trust Popovich to not outcoach the shit out of Malone. Um, knowing Malone like the back of his hand um, and all the mistakes that a first-year coach would make, I don't think it's at all um, a coincidence that he threw the uh, the Denver game, which he's not getting any right, crap yeah, for. Right, yeah, nobody even talking about that. But uh, when, he got, when he got chucked out of the and game in a minute, zone. and uh, the Spurs played like a, like a sixth-grade <laughs> triangle sort of offense um, because he wasn't going to show right. Malone anything. He has a game plan for this. He's had a plan for it for the last 20 games. Um, he cited up Denver. He got Denver, and uh, <laughs> that should make people a little concerned. Um, but it's going to be up to Malone to hold up his end of the coaching deal because Popovich knows what his roster can do, and his roster is going to execute his vision exactly. Right. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's a good point. You know, I, I have seen a lot of hot takes out on the uh, on the Twitterverse that Popovich is actually, in fact, not a good playoff. Oh yeah, coach. people are uh, yeah, yeah. They're 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 basically saying that Popovich does not get the most out of his players in the playoffs because he already got the most out of them in the regular right. season, which is a take. Like that's <laughs> fine, a take. <laughs> but but understand, you know, Greg Popovich is one of the five greatest coaches that ever lived, and you're putting him up against Michael Malone, who's never coached his own playoff series right. before. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's just a disparity alone in the experience factor alone that even, you know, even if what is experience on his roster too? Like it's not just the experience that he has. It's that you have Millsap with a bunch. You've got um, Plumley with a little bit. Skosh. You've got Barton with like a handful of minutes, a cup of coffee. And that's it. You got 10 like, minutes of Trey, Trey Wiles. got – yeah, 10 minutes of Trey Wiles and you're done. Like, that's it. Nobody else on the roster you, – you can you can reach back to Tory Craig's um, – NBL. Uh, basketball in Australia experience, I guess. Good. But otherwise <laughs> – right? But it's – that's do it. it down like, under, baby. The Nuggets are going to be like, remember that time you guys got to the NCAA tournament right. that one day? Right. Which like, is totally different because that's a single-game elimination tournament. So. <laughs> yep, it's not these kind of it's not these kind of um, matchups. It's not this kind of planning. Right. You aren't going to run into oh, here's what you did in game one. That is not going to work in game right. two. Um, and Jokic is willing to go with the other teams. He's he's willing to let the other team. I'm really interested. How he plays. So I'm very very curious to see how the Nuggets are going to handle when Popovich decides he wants to take Jokic out of it. And he's going to remove the ball from his hands. He's going to make the guards do guard things. Jamal Murray is going to want to do that, but I don't necessarily want Jamal doing as many point guard things as Jamal will want to do. So it's going to be an interesting series. I'm really interested to see. Uh, I think one of my biggest concerns, and, and I think we could move into that portion of this podcast, is to... yes. How are the yeah. Nuggets going to handle the hard double this time around? Uh, Nikola Jokic, like you're talking about, he's going. They're going to try and take him out of the game. Uh, one of the 
best ways to do that is to just force the ball out of his hands and, and send multiple coverages, either uh, maybe zone him up a little bit and then uh, force him out of the post if, if that's where he's best operating or if he's hard hard doubling at the, at the top of the nail uh, at the free throw line, how are the Nuggets going to shoot around that? How are the Nuggets going to make decisions around that action? Uh, is it going to be guys dribbling into contested jumpers? Is it going to be a bunch of floaters, which I know the Spurs love to try and generate when they're playing defensively? They may not be as good defensively statistically, but they know which shots they can give up. And if the Nuggets are going to settle for contested floaters, mid-range jumpers off the dribble, uh, threes when they're clearly not hitting threes that, at a great yeah, clip, how are they going to react that to that? Jokic what is, is Jokic to float out to the three-point yeah. line because he's getting doubled in the post, um, and because that's that that's gives them quote unquote spacing. It also removes rebounding, and one of the biggest edges that the Nuggets are going to want to take advantage of is their size and their rebounding capability over the Spurs. You want to grab all of the second shots. You want to make. You want to limit their second shots. You want to crash the boards hard, which you cannot do if Jokic yeah. is twenty three feet away yeah, from the basket. It's a, a good point, and I think we. I mean, we've seen it time and time again this season. Like, I, I get Agreed. that you know, you don't generally want to take too many uh, ten to fifteen foot jumpers. Uh, but we've seen it. Yo, I mean, or, or even that you don't. You don't necessarily want to go with a big man and his back to the basket down in the post. But I mean, that's where Jokic lives, and he just dominates down there. So at some point, you know. Uh, you gotta just. I think I, it was really noticeable in the in the Minnesota game because it was like, man, every time he's inside, he is just getting everything, anything he wants. But he was like something like one for seven from three or something like that. You know, it was uh, it just wasn't yeah. falling from outside, and it's just like one of those things. It's like, well, I, I get it. Like, you know, you want to take the three; it's a more efficient shot. But at some point, you gotta just be like, dude, just go down low and and, and just eat. You know, that's where that's where you need to yeah, be at. Exactly, just eat. He's such a killer in the paint. He's uh, it, He does so much with his own rebounds. He does so much being able to toss balls back outside. He creates all of that havoc in the paint. When he's outside, all he can do right, is shoot. Right, or run a DHO. That, you know, that's, that, that's pretty much the only thing he's going to do. Yeah, yeah, but if you're running a DHO on the Spurs at 23 feet, Papa's going right, to take yeah, that. Exactly. He, he, good luck. I, I want you to go down here on Derek White from 23 right. feet away. Uh, that's going to be tough. Yeah, exactly. Another thing that I'm concerned about is how the Nuggets are going to react defensively yeah. when the Spurs decide they want to go small. Um, my guess is that they start with Jakob Pertl at center and LaMarcus Aldridge at power forward. How are the Nuggets going to counter when the Spurs inevitably realize that they can't do that and that Jokic is going to torch Pertl to town? And they put Aldridge at the five. They start Rudy Gay or Davis right. Bertans yeah, at the four and, I'm looking, and just I'm, decide I'm they want to space that. the I hell out of Denver. Um, the Nuggets to forget that Bellinelli exists. <laughs> As they always do. <laughs> they, 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 Bellinelli always, he's, he's this they guy that they've never seen play before. So he's going <laughs> to make four or five threes in a game just to piss me off. <laughs> Who is this guy? This, this Italian Who's this guy? guy? How can like, he wow. shoot like that? Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's true, man. Bellinelli always seems to 
uh, just be one of those guys who kills him. I don't know, man. I, I guess when it comes to me and my concerns, I, I guess I'm less concerned, I think, than you guys really are about San Antonio. And I, I think one of the reasons is this. In the playoffs, more so than in just regular season game, talent usually wins out, right, over over a seven-game series. Yes, now, There could be some things that can change that when you've got you've got an uber, you know, maybe your overall team talent isn't as good, but you've got the most talented player, uh, and he just plays out of his mind. We've seen that. I mean, Dwayne Wade did that and basically won a, won a title uh, behind basically just being like, but will Jokic do that like that's that's our question Jokic is the most talented no guy on the floor right. but is Jokic going to decide to put up 30 15 and 10 every night because he will not be stopped like that would be great I would adore that um but it's it has not been in his nature thus far to do that and the problem is the Nuggets have been abjectly awful in San Antonio yep. since time yeah. began yeah. and that is very true like God said, let there be light, and then the Nuggets t- were terrible in San Antonio. Like those are that's that's just that's how what it he goes. Did on the seventh day, <laughs> on the seventh day, he said, "Thou shalt not win in San Antonio." This is a blasphemy. So, so the, the let me let me ask you guys. The, the Nuggets, let me ask you guys this: How many how many minutes their, um, their playoff nerves if they wind up? Without the ability to um, defend the home court in one of these first two um, contests, they have to go to San Antonio and win. They have to, and they haven't. They they haven't done that um, since Corey Brewer started with the Nuggets. Like his first season with the Nuggets was the last time they won in San Antonio. I uh, I think I've told the story. It's been a long I think time. I've told the story on this podcast before, but I vividly remember the last time they won in San Antonio because I happened to be in a trailer in Oklahoma City. Or in, not Oklahoma City. That would have been nice. Uh, I was just in a, in a trailer in Oklahoma. Uh, so, yeah, it's – it's man, it's been uh, – I was uh, moving – Oh, God. I was moving minute. my girlfriend up from Texas. Um, you know, we're married and have two kids now. So, I could let you know how long it's been. Um, Ryan, what were you going to say, ma'am? Uh, I was just going to ask you guys how many minutes like do you 32. think Jokic will I think you want him to play series. 35, but I just don't know. And I just don't know if if, if... I don't I don't think uh, he gets rest between every game. It's yeah, no back to back. Himself man. into foul trouble. He's going to get frustrated. He's going to you know like that. That's more my concern. Well, luckily, luckily the Spurs don't shoot a lot of free throws right. either. That is true. So I don't. Uh, and who's he defending? Pirtle? Come yeah. on. Yeah, that's the. Uh, well, no, no, that's he's, he's bigger than Aldridge. I'm not worried about him fouling Aldridge. Aldridge isn't driving on him. Aldridge is going to shoot over. I'm sure him. he's going to shoot that jumper. We'll see. I think it's going to be interesting. I think Jokic is a guy who he has shown the ability to play 35, 36 minutes in the past. Uh, that's not necessarily what I'm most worried about. What I'm most worried is is that building on itself and and kind of compounding the issue and whether he can consistently stay out of foul trouble and stay effective in games four, five, six, seven if he's already played 35 plus minutes every game in games one, two, and three. Uh, but I think that's where the Nuggets kind of have to live, honestly. They have to live and die by Jokic. I don't want to see too many minutes of Mason Plumley on the floor without Jokic and trying to be that facsimile because I just don't think it's going to work as well. Uh, my, my concern with them I, is really the minutes of Monte. That's just how I feel. Um, I think they're going to need Monte way more 
in this. They're going to need him mm, to take yeah. on Patty Mills and and handle the defense um, without turning the ball over because I expect um, Murray to um, get himself into trouble trying to do too much. That's fair. Um, and and I'm going to need to see Morris settle the game down, especially when. Yogish decides that he's not going to initiate because the correct basketball play is to pass out to his guard. He will make the correct basketball play. And I want that guard to be Monte Moore so they can reset and they can reorganize the offense instead of going one on one. That's uh So I'm gonna need them to play Monte Morris more than they normally would. Now none of the sixteen minutes a game, Monte's gonna get a bigger workload in the playoffs if the Nuggets want to pull this out in six. Let's say uh is that is that your prediction there, Gordon? Nuggets in six? That is my prediction. Is, you are saying they're going to win in San Antonio at least. At least I once. am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna break my. I'm gonna break my. My streak of they. They haven't won since time began, and say that they will win. And it'll they be uh, classically have done fairly well in San Antonio um, in the playoffs, at least uh, on game one or the first game that they play in San Antonio. They typically have done. Uh, well then, yeah. And then they get <laughs> obliterated after, after that. Yeah, it's just it's just the <laughs> do get that first win. two, three, four, and five <laughs> yeah. are the problem. But right. one was okay. Right. Uh... Yeah, you're kind of touching on on kind of right. how I see it. I see it going either the Nuggets win in five games or the Nuggets win in seven games, uh, depending on whether they win one of game three or four in in San Antonio. I don't see the Nuggets winning a game six. I see Greg Popovich coaching his ass off at that point and just kind of figuring figuring out what the Nuggets have done over the course of five games and with the crowd in San Antonio being as intense as they will be. Uh, I just don't see the young Nuggets really holding up in right. a game six in San Antonio. Now they'll probably come back and win a game seven in Denver, but I I see them finishing I'm, uh, the series on their I'm right there with you, Ryan. Actually, and, uh, I'm, I'm confident. I think they do it in win five, or a loss uh, against San Antonio. I just really don't. You know, we were talking about before about uh, where you kind of rank the them in in terms of teams you wanted to see in the first round. Uh, I had them right after the Clippers uh, as the next best team, just because I I mean I like I said I think I think the talent uh, is overwhelmingly Same. in their favor, and basically if you don't let Lamarcus Aldridge, but the talent's not healthy, man. Like my problem, my problem is what Barton and, and, and Harris are going to do. If Barton and Harris can come out and give you fifteen apiece, then you've got it. If they can't, then I think then it's it going to be, be tough. struggle. I, I, I would agree, do. but uh, aren't you encouraged by the way Gary's been playing these just like these last two games uh, and how he's looked? Has he been able to shoot? And I missed it, or is he yeah, just Duncan? Which is you know. Uh, that's I th- I felt like he's he's been creating more and and has been finishing uh, when he creates more than he has in the past. So I've... he uh, he has been he's been dunking he's been hitting the lane hard, which makes me happy. Yeah. Um, but I'm still gonna wait and Gordon see. Gordon is nervous. Yeah, as you guys know, I I wrote that piece on how Gary Harris and Will Barton just have not been able to finish uh, in the two-point range this year. And so much of it has been in floater range, at the rim. Uh, Those guys just haven't had the lift or the creativity that they have in recent years or or just the ability to hit the tough looks that they have. So it's going to be interesting to see whether that persists in the playoffs or if the, the last couple of games, like Zach said, are kind of an indicator that Gary Harris is getting back to it. Uh, 
I don't. I just don't trust the three point shooting. Uh, in a game that they needed it to hit, they only hit thirty percent last night. And before uh, before being able to yeah. go on that yeah. 15-0 three point shooter, man, it was, it's it actually down to twenty four percent. Weirdly, so weirdly, of, your three point shooters are your bench guards. Very true. I mean, they haven't had much uh, much of the way Murray as well hasn't shot it. Uh, particularly shot it a lot, but uh, hasn't particularly shot it well. (laughs) Yeah. That's the other thing. He did, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) He did hit the game winner, so gotta give him credit there. And and I think he could be a really big X factor here. I kind of have it as an even matchup between him and Derek White in terms of who can get the better of who. But if Jamal Murray plays up to his potential and, and wins that matchup and just goes for 25 a game or something absurd. Drastically. That if he would, finds, that if he the finds that, that um, thermostat and just cranks it up for a game or two, like, that would be great. Even, I, I Take a couple of halves right. and just have him crank out 20 points and a half and right. see what happens. Um, it would change the complexion of the game. Uh, but the problem is, is he knows that and he's going to try. And we've, we, we've been saying this is like the story we're always about Jamal, right? Well, if he can just put it together for a couple games, you know, and, and, and get, you know, that consistency issue with him has always been the thing. So you don't know. You know, he's got it in him, uh, whether or not right, he's not talent. Not he yeah. actually will will bring it in the game. Uh, it's always it remains to be seen. I will say, though, after after Morris and Beasley, he is the one that I feel the best about shooting a three ball uh, out of anyone else on the team. So um, definitely, yep. that's a good point. Yeah, it is. For uh, sure. Well, like uh, core injuries, man. That's sad. Actually, no, no. I, I, I actually take that back. Like we've we've always talked about Murray having the ability to go in fuego, and the if his projection is anywhere close to the Damian Lillard or Steph Curry comps that he consistently gets, then he should be around a thirty-eight percent three-point yes, shooter. And and well, that's he's not, he's not afraid of it. It's, it's, the shots, end of the like, game, kind of regardless of how it's not they any are. different for him than uh, the middle of the game. So that's good. There are guys who shoot forty percent but won't shoot right, at the end of the game. Right. He finished the yep. season like shooting 36.7% from three. Uh, he hit 152. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's good for what he for the volume that he's putting forth, but he's actually dropped in right. his three-point rate a little bit this year right. Which, just because he's creating as many of those shots no. from two. Yeah, the free and his free throw rate has also that, dropped. So that's not helpful at all. Something in particular I think he's got to um, – He's got to work on. You can't shoot free throws that well and right, not get exactly. to the line at all. Exactly. You've got to get to the line. But like this is why he's an X factor because if he can shoot threes, hit threes. If he can get to the free throw line, right. draw some of those star fouls. Oh yeah, then he's already halfway on his way to becoming a star. Like he's he's just. I I don't like the way that his season has exactly. gone. Exactly. Uh, and you know, uh, Jamal's one of those guys who gets up for the moment. He really does. So th- it could be one of those things where you find out, like, you know, he can That's take his what I want to see. Level. This is who steps up in the moment. Absolutely. All right. Tell you what, we will go ahead. We are going to wrap her up there. Um, a good conversation, as always, with you two gentlemen. Make sure you are following all of us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Ryan is at NBA Blackburn. Gordon is at G Money Nugs. Uh, make sure you're following at Pickaxe Pundits. Ryan, when are you going to get around to making a Twitter uh, Twitter handle for Nuggets numbers? 
When it's popular. When it's popular. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. Like Hundo baby. Uh when I when I get to uh when I get to episode fifty or so, maybe I'll maybe go. I'll start pushing out go. this episodes a little bit. There's nothing more depressing than like when you already have an established Twitter account and then you like go to make another one and you're like oh back to 10 followers <laughs> <laughs> this is sad right uh, so whenever ryan gets that uh gets that twitter handle we'll make sure to tell you guys about it so you can follow it as well uh follow of course at denver stiffs we're over on instagram at the denver stiffs on facebook make sure you're subscribed and following their uh youtube channel make sure you are subscribed to that, I don't think we were able to convince Mr. Mares to uh, road trip the playoffs and vlog the entire thing, um, <laughs> but but we will have we will have writers at home and road games, which is a shame. <laughs> don't get me wrong; that is that definitely a shame. I really wanted to like buy him a Winnebago and have him just get on the road. But we've got some insane content right now. Like like the the site is popping off with articles covering every single angle. You've got interviews with the players. We'll have video that's that's going up there. Highlights. We've got all these roundtables and podcasts and evaluation pieces. I'll have some stat stuff that comes out. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm really proud of the site and. Guys, go check out Denver Stiffs. Exactly. It's uh, it's our, it's all of our first time uh, writing for the site while the team is going to the playoffs. Uh, so um, we're excited. We're excited to be a part of it with you guys. So uh, please do check us out. All right. Well, we will uh, we will close it on there. So uh, Mr. Ryan, Mr. Gordon, appreciate you guys as always, and thank you so much for for being here for episode one hundred. Hondo baby. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week.